Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Todd and Taylor Show, Coffee and Comics Edition. I am Todd A. Taylor Trask. Here we are again. Uh, and we are, we're, we're finally we are, doing we are, it. Uh, I know. It, we have really tried to schedule this Coffee and Comics episode <laughs> at, at least three times, four times. No, actually, I think, because we bounced from like one day to the next, then we were like, okay, five days from now we'll do it, and then... <sighs> Um, what happened to you last night? <laughs> well, I mean, let's 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 rewind. So what first happened um, is that I have finally finally completed moving into we my uh, fiance and I bought a house this year, as if you didn't know. Yay. And uh, what I what I hadn't really anticipated is oh, that I had the, sound effects. Oh, good, good, good. <laughs> what I have <laughs> always important, especially when discussing these these uh, these matters. What what I didn't realize is that moving into a house. <laughs> is uh, all consuming, like all consuming. And so, um, you know, we'd moved a little bit this summer because we had set it up for Airbnb purposes, but then the actual move came right before Thanksgiving. We got most of it done, but it's all these like little, like afterwards trips that have been kind of a pain in the ass. So uh, the first time we tried to do it, we I basically had to go back up. We had sort of a, a critical, you know, juncture where I, we had to get some stuff done, and that just it was running too long, and we just weren't going to be able to record. I think the next time we tried the same thing, it was just like we had to get things, um, we had to make room for new things, which required us to put away other things, and that was that was like a ticking time bomb. But then last night was kind of the best one of all because I had everything sorted. We had finished, you know, we had kind of done our final clean through. So I'm like, great, I'll have a, I'll have an hour and a half um, before Todd and I record. So plenty of time to get to where I need to be. Yeah, plenty about, of time. About an, uh, about 20 <laughs> minutes before I, I was going to leave, I looked at the thing and, and the Denver traffic was just a mess, like a, just a mess. And I was like, well, shoot, it's probably just rush hour. Just, you know, and it was the first night that it had decided to sprinkle just a little bit of snow maybe a little bit of ice nothing crazy nothing that we haven't seen here before but it was the first time this season that that's happened so i'm like oh it's, it's probably that so i hit todd up and i'm like hey let's let's push it by an hour he's like okay that's no, no worries so i thought oh, they'll give us more than enough time you know we'll count for any sort of you know dallying around or any kind of like you know any sort of you know if we have to go on a side road or something and what's even funnier about this is i had actually made the intentional decision because we had this extra hour i'm like we'll just go to the house like instead of going to the studio um, which is in Denver, like the way I normally record is, is uh, you know, uh, south of Denver. And then uh, our house is about an hour south of that. I thought, oh, we'll just go to the house. We'll, you know, that way we'll be there. We don't have to like, you know, drive late afterwards. It'll be great. So we bet we get out, <laughs> we start going. And I look back at the, you know, and then the map had sort of cleared up a little bit. So I'm like, this will be fine. We start going and uh, just south of the Denver Tech Center, which is south of town, we hit this just four lanes in one direction completely stopped. I'm like, huh so we sat there and it was maybe going like you know it was it was literally office space you know the beginning scene of office space where he's just inching along and then just stopped and maybe like you know maybe the car to his left will go like a foot and you think that's the lane to be in so you get in that lane and then you're just stopped and we sit there and we sit there and we sit there for like 20 minutes so i finally hit todd up i'm like man this this may not go and i we barely gone maybe i 100 yards and I'm like, this may take a little longer. So I hit him up. We look at the map. It said it had basically added on like another 20 minutes. I'm like, hey, we may let's let's push it another hour. <laughs> He's like, okay. I think at I that point, it. it was a half hour. Oh, a half hour. At yeah, some yeah, point, yeah. and I was like, oh yeah, yeah, okay, no problem. So I, because so I'm like, we were, I was just basically accounting for that, and like Google Maps was like, this, you know, this is what we we're gonna. And there's a lot of red, but it was like, you know, scattered. So I'm like, well, may, you know, maybe uh, as we get further along, it'll it'll clear up. But Google is still saying about, you know. 20, 20 ish minutes, you know, uh, added on to the time we anticipated. Well, somewhere after that, 
what turned from 20 minutes became four goddamn hours. And uh, what turned out to be like little patches of red became one giant streak of 50 mile red. And I mean the deep red. I don't mean that like little like, hey, there might be something wrong here on Google Maps. I mean the deep dark red that they're like, oh, civilization has stopped. Like, you know, this do not even begin to think you're going to drive on this. And this is yeah. And this is just but was it that was the ice that bad to drive on or was it because there were several accidents from the ice? Well, it was just twofold. So there were multiple accidents and one giant one, um, I think, south of Castle Rock um, or right before probably right before Castle Rock. And it was there was no snow, no visible snow, but there was some some really interesting, nasty black ice, which if you're oh, driving man. like a responsible person. You know, you might you might shake a little bit, but you'll be fine. But given how I how these drivers go, like I, just so, so everyone under, understands, traffic in Colorado is either one of two things. If you go north, it's basically like stupid slow. Everybody's in each other's way. You know, it's just like everybody's taking a, a Xanax and just chilled out and just you know they're going north. Going south, I, I swear to God, it's obligatory for half the traffic to take a hit of cocaine. It is the most like. <laughs> high stakes chess you're ever going to play which is sometimes good because at least it means things are moving but god forbid you're in the lane where somebody's going 80 and you're going like why because the speed limit's 55 and then you know they they sort of using their scientology powers think that you're just gonna like they're gonna wheel you off the road by just driving fast at you i can almost guarantee you take that you take some black ice and you take the first night of the season and you you have what we had and i've lived in colorado nah, uh, seven eight years now never seen anything like this what was even worse was that all the exits and on ramps were just littered with cars who had wrecked trying to escape it and then they themselves wrecked so there was mm-hmm. nowhere to go and then on top of all that my phone had just decided to die and i didn't have a charger or or battery backup in my car so i couldn't even get a hold of todd so i'm sitting there going oh son of a bitch we finally get to Manitou Springs or our house about 1230 AM. And we had left the apartment. Keep this in mind. We had left the apartment about 720. Like <laughs> I, 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 I was so exhausted by the time I got here. That just, and, this uh, is, and what's so funny is my impression of Denver is when I've been out there to visit you, we're like back and forth all day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's <laughs> Manitou, uh, Denver, Colorado. Be told, like that's, that's normal. That's usually how it is. And, and granted, yeah. that's obviously easier in the summer and spring, but like, that's, that's typically how it is. Like as busy, you know, as, as many people that live here, I'm still rather pleased with the fact that traffic seems to, you know, it, given, you know, the, the major you know pinpoints of rush hour, but like for the most part, traffic seems to go, fairly well or at least you're there's there's a feeling of of progress you know unlike nashville or specifically la for anybody who's driven there it's it's not we're not that yet but after last night i'm kind of starting to wonder like how long how much longer do we have <laughs> until until we hit that point or i was in seattle over the summer too and man seattle is just a nightmare and i i thought that was because of iraq they're like oh no no that's just seattle i was like oh god how much longer like how if wow. amazon moves here are we going to become that like you know at Ooh. what point so well, Taylor, Anywho. the weather in Southern California has been the exact opposite of that. <laughs> Things are just so on fire. <laughs> like it's uh, it is a, a, a hellscape here. Um, yeah, I think we've got seven currently burning huge wildfires. So oh, um, man, uh, somehow I, I feel a little bit better today. Um, yesterday, for whatever reason, was actually the scariest one i think because we just kept hearing like oh there's another fire in malibu now and now there's one down in san diego and now there's one in temecula and it was just sort of they were popping up everywhere so Mm -hmm. um yeah so you're sending me these like dispatches from 
uh, the the ice in Denver. And meanwhile, I had gotten home, and our problem is uh, in California is that the Santa Ana winds are like the strongest they've been in ten years, and mm. it's so dry. There's just no humidity in the air. So every time, like I, I, when we were texting back and forth last night and you're telling me about the snow, I was literally changing into shorts and flip-flops and a t-shirt <laughs> because I just felt like all day when I would step out of the office, I'm just getting like battered by wind and dust. And I just felt, you know, just like desiccated. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. anyway, um, it's not a coffee update in this episode <laughs> of Coffee and Comics. It was an ice and fire um, update. And yeah. uh, that's what's been going on. Um, but we have like, like Taylor said, we have tried to schedule this several, several times. (laughs) So our anticipation for what book, uh, we've picked, maybe I should back up a second. If for some reason, this is the first edition of coffee and comics you're listening to what happens is Taylor and I each pick a comic book, generally like a trade or a graphic novel or something that's a, you know, a longer story. Mm -hmm. We don't tell the other what we picked and then we, uh, gather to discuss it. So there's always this, uh, funny like back of mind anticipation uh have we picked the same book um yeah, anyway, yeah. we'll uh jump into it so what is your pick oh, oh wait, i'm going to start with me well i can go first I, i'm happy to go first um that said I, I always try to i always i always think like you know we need to have like lavar burton in here going but you don't have to take my word for it you know and it cuts to <laughs> it cuts to you and i with the book like we're like kids reviewing the vegan rainbow stuff um and i i always feel like too i should have like some kind of quippy like intro like what would you say if i told you (laughs) like you know like they always like there's always like a question like that's the story and you know and shell silverstein's novella or anything (laughs) i mean i i have a few notes but like i i am i'm just gonna preface this a little bit by saying i'm super excited by this pick because it is one of my favorites um it is uh, one I've been wanting to talk about it and, it, and it's it truly for me represents what the 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 creative arts medium can do when somebody has no limits and no predispositions and nobody's sort of like putting you know like you're it's it's an artist uh, and and you're gonna find this interesting it's an artist from one medium working in another medium and just really delivering something special but only because after he passed away somebody else came in and finished it and of course i'm talking about jim okay. henson's a tale oh. of sand it I'm is sorry if i if i exclaimed over top of that it is called the tale of sand a tale of sand by jim henson you may be going wait jim henson yes jim henson uh that same jim henson the, the story goes like this um, before he started the Muppets, before he did le- before he did anything that you know, Jim Henson was just this little art school kid trying to make a movie, and you know d- doing his film stuff. And he actually wrote this screenplay called *The Tale of Sand*. Um, it was in the 1950s, and he you know, wanted to make it. It was, and you're going to be surprised when you read this thing. It is a very surreal story. You would have swore this was like by Alejandro Jodorowsky uh, and not Jim Henson. It's a very surrealistic tale so you can imagine the 1950s kind of hard to get funding or studio approval for something kind of like this he it was almost like he just missed he, he was like 50 you know 10-ish years ahead of his time had this been like the late 60s or 70s this would have been made instantly um and i think by the time he he had the ability to do it he was already knee deep in you know, knee deep in the muppets and sesame street and all these other endeavors and so i think the uh you know this kind of thing passed him by well he passed away obviously 
And the screenplay kind of sat there. And, and what's great is this is all detailed at the beginning of the book. Um, they kind of tell you, take you on the journey. And there's this nice little forward that really walks you through it all. But he um, passed away, um, um, sadly. And then the screenplay was unearthed um, you know, by his estate, by his kids. And they actually got um, an artist's name. And I'm going to – actually, no, I'm not going to butcher this. Ramon K. Perez to uh, illustrate it. And so you've got this wonderful screenplay illustrated and the results are just unbelievably gorgeous on every level. The story is so just multi-layered, multi-faceted. You know, it, you could read this 10 times and take away something completely different every time. Um, it's a very circular story too. And, and you get like this, this just beautiful art to complement it, like every page is just amazing and and it, there's a very cinema uh cinematographical uh, cinematographical there we go jesus cinematographical quality to it um you know the way it's drawn you, you these could easily be the pre-visual sketches for the movie um and it, it really plays with color and like the surrealistic nature of a dream you know colors fading in and out um you know sometimes you just see some of the some of the images juxtapositioned or just line drawings and then maybe there's a a more you know complicated palette and then you get the full you know full color um pieces and then a splash page pops in and it's just somebody's back in black and white again and it's just kind of it gives you the sense of memories fleeting and and imagery changing and kind of fleeting and morphing without you know the actual visual effect of that now did do you know if henson did any storyboarding for this that perez used it's and i'm gonna in some ways, yes. Like he describes on the screenplay, and there's like actual screenshots on the screenplay. He describes what different things should look like. Um, I'm going to assume he he did do some storyboarding. And there's actually, it's interesting. There's another. Uh, I have this hardcover. I bought the single hardcover. But if if you're in a, a comic shop or if you go on Amazon, you're probably going to see another version, which is what I am holding, plus the actual screenplay in a separate book, and both of them are in a slipcase. So I'm wondering if, if in that screenplay version there is a um, there's drawings, but just knowing Jim Henson, I'm certain that there are. I'm certain that there you know there was enough instruction, but then just Ramon Perez took it and just just ran with it. What's also cool is that throughout the the book there are like different artist artistic depictions of the screenplay kind of layered into the story, and they kind of come and go. So like you may go ten pages and then you'll see you know like a pile of a pile of pages. You maybe the, the the lead characters in an old derelict house, and you'll see like a pile of pages off screen, you know, kind of off to the side. But they're the you know they're the screenplay for that particular scene. Um, huh. So it really melds in and honors that work. As far as the story goes, like I said, it's a circular story. So like you could start it and finish it, and just start reading right again, and it would make perfect sense. Um, you know, the ending very much uh, has a lot to do with how this book begins. Um, I don't, it's, it's so kind is of it hard. something like, can you pick it up at any point in that story and sort no. of start from there? Okay. No, God, no, 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 but no, 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 it, no. Yeah. But you got to start that. at the beginning. Yeah. It's not, um, I mean, it's definitely sequential in its way, but it's, uh, circular. Exactly. And, and I highly advise you to just read this in one sitting. Um, okay. it is like, it is like watching a movie, you know, you, you can pause and, and come back, but there's the experience of letting it wash over you and really taking it in and taking your time. And, you know, uh, there's a certain momentum, certain, certain action scenes, you have chase scenes or something, you know, you, you end up reading through those a little faster. Some scenes where there's just like a, you know, a, a deserted desert or something, you know, hugely surreal going on. You kind of take your time. You, you want to take in the pages. It's very much an immersive experience. So um, you, you mentioned like you'll see like pages of the screenplay in a panel. Mm -hmm. 
is that playing with that surrealism? Like uh, you're sort of aware, like a fourth wall breaking kind of thing of like, yeah, here's the script yeah. that we're acting out. Okay. Abs absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, it's that. Um, but it also kind of like just visually may, it may go along with the aesthetics of the scene too. It's, it's just, it's, they, I, I need to stop gushing because they did such an amazing job with this, but like, I need to, I need to, I can't quit just saying that and kind of get more specific. So like the best part for me, I'll give you kind of how this book starts because that's the most the thing that really sucked me in. I, I'd had my eye on this for a little while. Was there just, like a, yeah, I mean, is it worth talking about like the specific story? Yeah, absolutely. So like it starts off and a lot of this book is without words. You know, there's, there are, there's dialogue and there's this, you know, there are, um, you know, th things, but like most of it's just purely visual. Um, you know, any of the action words are almost like onomatopoeias unless, um, you know, written instructions, but then that screenplay pops in. Uh, every once in a while, you see it there. So it's it's purely visual. There's an unnamed man um, who strangely looks like my grandfather younger, which is a whole other thing. Um, <laughs> but that just it's it's if you ever see a picture of my grandpa George as a younger man, this eerily looks like him. And so that was kind of for me personally another another kind of twist that I found really intriguing. Um, but it starts with this man, and there, he kind of he sort of walks onto the page out of the out of the dust into this this western town. Um, you know, he's dressed normally and there's this kind of New Orleans brass band playing and there's all this celebration and everything. And then he comes in and all these people, you know, they grab him, this you know, young, attractive woman grabs him and starts dancing with him. They're all sort of surrounding him and celebrating him. And, you know, at one point he, he looks over and sees this man, uh, kind of this barbershop owner with an eye patch, you know, sinister goatee. And he's uh, uh, sharpening his knife and just looking really creepily at this guy. And that guy comes back again in a, in a major way at some point. But this the 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 lead character, the unnamed lead character, is ushered into the sheriff's office, and you know the sheriff offers him a cigarette. Um, he has a little chat with him. Um, tells you know they tell him it's time, and he gives him some instructions. He says you know he says different things like um, uh, you'll have a full ten minutes head start, and the guy's like on on what? You know we put in some supplies in your you know rucksack. Here's some food, water, a few other things. Um, he's like, and then somebody, uh, another gentleman from the town pops his head. And he's like, Sheriff, excuse me. It's time. Sheriff goes again. Congratulations, boy. Time to go. Oh, and one more thing. Don't trust the map. And he hands him the map and they come out, you know, and he gives them some other rules too, about kind of what was, what's about to happen. He comes out and the entire town is celebrating and they make a big kind of an opening for him and they walk down this road and you know there's like a woman in a hula dress and they kiss him and then a, a you know mayor gives him the key to the city you know children are giving him flowers they're walking him up to the starting line and uh the uh sheriff says uh one more thing he's like well the time has come it's great honor that we have to send you forth i can offer you no further words of advice except to remind you that you will have the full 10 minutes head start this i can promise and now cross that line and the guy crosses the line the entire town starts cheering and then the her uh, sheriff yells out, 10 minutes, run! And from this point on, this guy is on the adventure of his life. And he doesn't have any idea what's going on. He doesn't know what's going on. He's running for his life. He doesn't know who's chasing him or why. At some point, that barber, that creepy barber starts walking towards him. And, uh, you know, just very ominously. The guy finds different, you know, uh, it's kind of like mist in that he finds different things, random clues, random props that do different things or help him in different ways. You know, the key to the city that he was given by the mayor randomly might come into, you know, might come in handy at some point. Uh, this gentleman, I'm just going to keep referring to him, keeps, you know, following him, chasing him. And the whole thing is about this guy. And, and at some point, there's a really 
Jim Henson himself, I don't want to spoil it, but Jim Henson himself makes a cameo. That's just perfect. Um, and yeah, it's, you're just like, oh my God. In the original screenplay? I don't know. And I really, really kind of want to get at least that other, that other side of this. Um, so I can study it. Just it, and part of me, part of oh, me wants it, yeah. but I also kind of like, I don't want it to ruin the experience of the graphic novel because if I know word for word what he was describing, it may change my impression of a scene. It may feel more like a, a movie and less like this beautiful piece of art that's in book form that works perfectly. What Where I'm going with this and what I really like is what you kind of discover, and I didn't pick – it was about the second or third time I, I really kind of dawned on me. The whole thing is a giant metaphor for the creative process. It's, it's the, everybody's, you know, you say, Hey, I'm writing a book. Hey, I'm making a movie. I'm, I'm recording an album and everybody's, you know, they're excited for you. They're glad handing you. They're like, yeah, you know, that's fantastic. You know, this is great. Everybody celebrates the start. No one's with you during the journey <laughs> and no one's there to, to, you know, you, you don't know what you're doing. You know, you might have some guides, but you don't, you, you don't know where they're leading you. You don't know. You may pick up things along the way. Hence, people may help you. They may, they may betray you. You know, all the meanwhile, there's this, there's this ominous presence at your heels, you know, coming at you. You know, you don't know what it is or what it wants, but it's just this feeling of dread is, is always kind of behind you. Like, I, I need to finish this. I, I got to, I got to figure this out. And by the time you get to the end, like, what does that process do to you? You know, what do, what do you discover about yourself? What do you discover about, you know, just the world of art? It, that's what this is really about. And it's, and once that dawns on you, then you want to read it four more times. Um, just kind of soaking that in. So like the whole thing, I swear to God, it's, it's, it was released by, uh, uh, Archaea. I can't ever pronounce it. Archaea, A-R-C-H-A-I-A. Um, and they just, the, you know, the, the book itself is gorgeous. It's just, even if you're not like a super duper, you know, appreciate, if you're not like a, a huge uh, comics fan or you're not like a huge art, you know, artistic auteur or appreciator, even if you're just like at one point like Jim Henson growing up, owning this, I feel is kind of a badge of honor. You know, you're gonna like just looking at it. It's it's so it's so well done. But it's if if you're not a huge, you know, I would I would suggest on a future on a future episode, I might um I might uh, review some of the uh, the Jodorowsky stuff. Uh, that's pretty intense. And I feel like if you're going to read something like Incol or any of the Mobius things or, um, you know, any of that stuff, I, you, you kind of need to get your, your, your feet wet a little bit. And I feel for somebody wanting to take a deeper dive into the world of comics and, and really kind of you sink into another level, this is a great way to do it while it still feels accessible. You're not going to, you're not going to like have to go to bed like immediately after reading it or have to you know reponder your life. You, you'll want to, enjoy your life more. You know, it's, it's, it's just so interestingly inspiring and, and, uh, you know, curious at the same time. So well, I, that, that's all I'm going to say. You Brit, part, one of those comparisons brings up a, a question to me because I, uh, like I would think with Jodorowsky stuff that m you might not have the same endorsement of read this entire thing in one sitting. It might be more of a like soak it in kind of thing. <laughs> yes. Excellent. Excellent point. Um, so the, so the fact that you're saying retail of sand in one sitting is like, there's something, is it sort of the cinematic quality of that that you just you you know you want to watch it like a movie? Well, first of all, it's, it is a short book. You know, it's not like overwhelmingly long. Okay. Um, so that just that in itself invites you know a continuous a continuous sit. But it does it 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 seems to be sort of enjoyed straight through like a movie because if you stop at any point in time, you sort of disconnect yourself from that journey, and sure. you kind of need to be there with him from start to finish to really under you know to really feel you know, the tension or what, what this lead character is going through or, you know, his fears. If you divorce yourself from that, if you take a pause, it may not be as, 
as pertinent. You know, you, you kind of, it's like when Bastion shuts the book, a never ending story, you know, and the whole thing stops and then he opens it up. But yeah, it's just like, you don't want to do that. You want to just keep going. Gotcha. Do you, I mean, do you think it would have worked as a movie or do you think it, it really took it being a comic to succeed? I am going to say that I'm, I, as much as I'm sure this would have, I mean, this, this probably, if this had gotten made, this would have changed the course of Jim Henson's life. He may not have done, he may wow. not have done Sesame Street or Muppets. He may have done like, you know, he may have jumped to like a, a dark crystal kind of thing next. You know, it's, he may become, the, he may become like the Terry Gilliam of his time. You know, it may have been like that sort of a thing. So, um, you know, and while that would have been an interesting route to have taken, and you know, it had the movie been made, I would have certainly watched it. I feel like this is the perfect marriage of of form and function you know it really that it needs to be this for it to be the to, as as resonant as it is and i just I, I i think it's we're all richer because of this format and so what what like genre would you put this in oh wow um <laughs> i mean it's almost like the way you described it like with the you know starting in this like exciting way and then he's on the run and he doesn't really know what he's doing it almost sounds like kind of a like an action movie sort of thing. And when you were describing it, I'm thinking of the game with Michael Douglas, you know, like he's mm. in these circumstances he doesn't understand and he's just got to um, figure it out as he goes along. Um, I mean, this so. is, this is the best part. It's kind of genreless, you know, there's really okay. like, as you were saying that I was thinking like, you know, indie, indie surrealist, you know, indie action. Uh, it, you know, if you like X machina, you'll like this. If you like um, pirates of the Caribbean, you'll like this, you know, it's, you it's like really, east of west if you like east to west you'll love it you know because oh, okay. it, and it's and not just because of the western iconography but just like I, I feel like if you like east to west you're somebody who likes metaphor and theme and and just that is that this book is oozing that you know um but this book i, I could give this the best part is it, it, this really is the best part i could give this book to a highly educated highly you know, uh, you know huge experienced 65 year old and they would love it I could give it to a five-year-old and they would love it. Like, and they would, and they would, it would, they would be able to digest a version of it that makes sense to them, you know, but a 60 and you could read it. Like, I can't wait to read this when I'm 80 and have it mean something completely different, but just as valid as the first time, you know, it's, 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 it truly, it, I mean, I'm gushing well, because Jim Henson, who's one of my favorite people truly has done something just at, at, on a level so solid that it's, it, it I love everything else he's done, but this is just truly special. And it's something that came after he passed, you know, it's like to yeah. discover at this point in my life is like, Oh my God, just, just when I thought, just when you thought like you've seen everything from, from a creator or a person you admire and you're like, Oh, that's, that's it. And then this falls out of the sky. And it's the best thing. It just, it's such a great feeling. Very cool. So when you, I wanted to ask you one more question about that. When you describe it as like the, you know, it doesn't really matter the age of the reader. Is there just something about the art that's kind of, simple and understandable at any level um or or you know are you saying there's just something in the story that's relatable to i mean pinpoint that for me <laughs> from that that question i mean the story is relatable too because that's the beauty of there not being much you know much description it's almost purely you know i would say it's 75 percent to 80 percent visual and the dialogue and then just maybe sort of the slight action. Like there's not like a panels describing or giving you like, you know, the man walked down, you know, over here. It's just, it's all purely visual. So like, but the, it's an accessible, it's not like drawn in a sort of, you know, avant-garde or, um, you know, it, it, it right. reminds me a lot of like a, a you know, a Walt Disney cartoon uh, or a, you know, a, just okay. a, an Eisner-esque sort of, you know, there's, there's uh, it's got a lot of that sort of, 
retro, you know, 50s, 60s motif. Well, that gets closer to it. So it's like surreal, more like a like a Fantasia is or something. Yes, not, yes. Not surreal like uh, Salvador Dali. <laughs> no, it, the, the story is the surreal aspect of it. The oh, art, okay. that's what it is. It's a surreal story packaged in a very accessible art form. Um, gotcha. You know, it's, you're not going to turn the page and there's going to be like a, you know, an eyeball and a vagina staring back at you or something. It's, it's never going to be that. <laughs> It's going to be, <laughs> which is apparently my version of surreal tonight. And I have a lot of a job because that's, you know, <laughs> Joe Dorowski, no. uh, book you're probably describing. <laughs> somewhere he's like, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you child. No, it's, but like, uh, let me flip through it. There's in terms of like the imagery itself, like uh, he may like, for example, he may encounter like this, um, this woman, you know, like in a bikini in a, in a uh, chair, just, you know, sunbathing. And he goes up to her and she puts, he puts a cherry in her, pie she throws it in his face and then a shark jumps out of the the uh, near, nearby uh you know fishbowl and she gets in a limo and drives away but it's just a desert with no roads you know like something like that or somebody throws a, a pine cone at him and he it turns into a bomb and he throws it but then like you know a bunch of flowers appear you know just different stuff like that so it's it's drawn like a you know like a like you're watching the jungle book you know it's just it's got a lot of that sort of vibe to it gotcha <laughs> Um, well, that's very cool. I'm glad you did this one because you bought this, uh, when I was up in Denver one time. Yes. And, uh, and, and, uh, I just, I, it was so bizarre the day I got it. I was like, can't believe it's taking me this long to get this. And then not even realizing the extent to how good it was going to be. It was more at that point, just like you know, an artifact. Like, I'm so glad I have this, right. this thing that I can, you know, regardless of what it is, I, I want to celebrate my guy, my boy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think both of us interpreted as like, Oh, that's cool. Someone illustrated a screenplay that he did. It wasn't like Yes, yeah. It wasn't like you really knew that the, you know, I mean, obviously you didn't have any understanding of how much the story would hook you and and how much you would enjoy actually reading it. So yeah, that artifact quality was definitely probably what led to that purchase. Definitely. And then just for people who like to collect cool graphic novels, definitely just in that regard, great great thing, great little item to have on your uh, on your shelf. So that's that's enough about me um, and my my book. And once again, it's a tale of sand by Jim Henson, illustrated by Raymond Perez, Raymond K. Perez. Uh, sir, what is your pick this week? Well, um, I love the thing you said at the end there about like I wrote I wrote down a note about how you were saying it's ageless kind of in its audience mm -hmm. um, because I have a very similar pick. Um, and I actually was going to be shocked out of my brain if this was the one you had picked, too. Um, <laughs> but um this I picked a book. Um, I know it's going to sound like I'm mispronouncing something, and it's going to be hard for me to pronounce anyway. But it's called "Everyone's a Albion When You're a Albion Too," mm. and it's by Jomni Sun. Oh, um, so it is actually by a guy named Johnny Sun, and it is uh, in its simplest form about an alien coming to Earth and very innocently having to learn about earth things <laughs> um but it is written in this you know funny mispronounced way with a lot of bees inside the words and things like that like human um or a map of herbeth uh <laughs> and so i uh, you know it's um it may come off in that in that sort of uh kid-like way you know like a childish way or something mm -hmm. um it is all black and white. It is very, uh, you know, I, I mean, the, the drawings are simple. They're very, they're, um, 
It looked to me like I'm looking at the cover. They looked okay. to me like uh, Shel Silverstein drawings. You know that, that is a great. Uh, yeah, a great comparison. Yeah, it's like a there will be like sort of a, a silly line drawing. You know, of like the the um, uh, Jomni is the, also the name of the the Albion, Albion, uh, mm. and mm. Um, so the Albion's head is sort of looks like a bean. You know, and he just mm. has two black dots for eyes and a little squiggly mouth, and it's you know that's very free of details and very simplistic in that way. Uh, so it looks very, you know, it looks like the, it's an audience, like for an audience of children or something like that. Um, but it is, uh, it, it is for everyone for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so basically like that, it, that is the story. This, uh, this alien comes to earth and just has to learn about it. So there are these sort of vignettes where the other aliens come back to sort of check in on him. What have you learned? What's going on here? So every once in a while, he has to sort of leave his friends to go talk to, you know, to the aliens who are visiting him. And then he has to go back to his friends and and he'll learn something else. But it's not written um, like in a real strict narrative sense. Like, it's not like, you know, like, oh, in this chapter, he learns this. Mm-hmm. You know, there aren't any chapters like that. It's not. It's not a real prescribed story in that way and in fact that when i first started reading it i thought you know is this even going to connect or these just sort of like you know not single panel but like double page stories that sometimes connect and sometimes don't it kind of took me a minute to go oh no it's actually very linear it's there's really no like you know time jumps or back flashes or flashbacks or anything Mm -hmm. like that it just goes you know straight ahead um so again, it's you know easy for anyone to read, um, and it's just uh, incredibly touching how, in this really simple way, uh, he confronts these very human uh, feelings and and um, and I mean I, guess, I there's no other way to say it but like anxieties um, and you know specifically like anxiety he he deals with anxiety and sort of depression and there's uh, you know a, a big theme of creativity um but there's also uh you know just loneliness and sadness and mm. th- they face issues of death um and th- and then it's just uh you know it's nothing wow it's nothing like super manipulative or over the top in the way that it discusses those issues it's just fascinating to watch this little simple bean interact mostly with uh well almost exclusively with plants and animals and other aliens um and sort of learn how to be a human as he's on earth and I, I, you know, it's, it's obvious that I'm like at a, at a loss of words. And I think that's because, um, what the moments that really stood out to me and just struck me from this were, there would be sort of a cutesy panel that would be sort of sad in a way that you understand simple comics to be, you know, like one of his, um, a friends is a tree. And when all its leaves fall off, he, he says, why do all my leaves always, you know, leave? Mm-hmm. Um, and and it'll just be sort of cutesy and sad, you know, and then the next one will be cutesy and sort of fun about this. You know, there's a, there's an otter character. And when Jomney asks 
you know, what are you? He says, I'm an otter. And he's like, oh, this otter right here. And he says, no, I said auteur. Mm. <laughs> and the, the typeface that they use for the auteur's uh, dialogue is different than the very cartoonish typeface that is used for everyone else's. You know, it's this very like fancy serifed font. Um, and so it'll be, you know, just silly in that way. And then the next page just out of nowhere will be just not bleak exactly, but just uh, stark in it, in the way it just talks about something like loneliness, you know, so nakedly, like so without pretense. I think that's the great thing is because there are no human characters in the book, but he is essentially learning how to be human. Mm -hmm. um, he He's learning these human lessons in emotion and existence with no pretense, you know, and no, there's no politeness and no, you know, niceties about it. It's like when one of the animals explains something to him like death, it's just matter of fact, <laughs> mm. you know? And so there's just, uh, I, I, yeah, I, I, it's one of those books too, where, um, it, it, so it's also presented very much like I was saying in sort of two page, not panels again, it's like the drawings cover the pages, mm. um, and, and usually they connect. So, um, it's, uh, you'll just get one quick little message on a page basically. And like one of the ones I bookmarked to just bring up is there's this Turkey on one page and there's Jomney on the other page, it's just a ton of white space. And then I, I, you know, assume this is the Turkey talking to Jomney and it says, enjoy your sadness. One day, even your sadness will be over too soon. Wow. And you're like, damn. So you wait, know, how long, how long is this? It is, uh, it is a pretty thick book. Really? Uh, yeah. Wow. Uh, I, I guess as you're describing this, I'm thinking, oh, this has certainly got to be like maybe, you know, just, I would expect yeah, 20 pages or something. Yeah. Because like here, <laughs> then there's a collection of really profound little, little vignettes and, and I don't, how did they get that many pages out of this? I don't understand. It's, and, and I think that's, what's fascinating is like, cause like I said, when I first started flip through it, that's. I, you know, I just didn't, I have been following Jomney, um, as he goes uh, on Twitter for a while. And so I, I had sort of seen his style of writing and some of the panels from this book. So I didn't really know if I was going to be getting like a collection of all the panels he had published over, you know, uh, some certain time frame, mm -hmm. and if it would sort of connect, you know, to tell a larger story. So it's like you just kind of jump in and because everything is one page, you can, you know, you, it doesn't take long, you know, it's, it's sort of like you, you read the two pages in a second, you know, um, but, and then you go on to the next one and you just sort of innocently f fall into the rhythm of figuring out Jomney as Jomney is figuring out Urbeth, you know, um, and I, it's just, I, I think everyone who reads it, you know, all like he he's constantly retweeting people who tweet back at him and er, people just think this is wonderful and you can just tell there's this big connection. And to me, like you mentioned, Shel Silverstein, I think that's such a great touch point. Um, the other one that occurred to me was, you know, when I graduated high school and went to college, as is the tradition of, <laughs> um, you know, families like mine, I was given a copy of Oh, the Places You'll Go by Dr. Seuss. Of course. Which yeah. is a, you know, great graduation gift, like perennial graduation gift. Mm -hmm. And this to me 
is like the modern Dr. Se- like, oh, the places you'll go. Wow. Not, I, oh, the places you'll go actually seems kind of childish compared to that. That's just like a big pep talk, you know, with some, <laughs> with some realness in it. Yeah. And it's just like pure, again, you know, no pretension, just real talk about, honestly, the subject is existentialism. Mm, wow. <laughs> the subject is just a, a creature pondering existence on earth. And there are enough little hooks in it that I don't want to give away, like a couple of little turns that it takes that, you know, are just like, again, obviously left me speechless where I was like, (gasps) (laughs) you know, that, that was incredible. Um, And then there are those panels, like like the one I read to you where something will come up about death or sadness or fun. And it's just like you just sit there staring at it. So I I had started reading it. I kept picking it up, you know, sort of like when I had time. And I realized that what I was doing was I just kept reading back and forth, you know, over the same things. And I really wasn't progressing. Um, so I took it out with me when I was uh, stuck doing laundry to laundromat a week ago. And I just started, <clears throat> you know, I just had to sit down and start back at the beginning and just go through it. And it, I get that experience. I don't know that you have to do it all in one go, but I think, I think you have to get maybe, uh, I don't know, you know, like a 20% into it before you're sort of like in the rhythm of it. And you're that's going, kinda I get like, it. Uh, kinda, that's kind of like, that kind of reminds me of the book seconds. Um, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, the Brian O'Malley book, right? Yeah, which is amazing. I might, I'll probably review that one too. But I remember, like, once I was a, you know, once I was a good little chunk in, I was kind of hypnotized by the, the the pacing of it, and I just, you kind of want to keep going, uh, you know, all the way to the end because you're just like, you're. I assume this is kind of like that. Like, once you kind of get locked in, it's it just kind of pulls you all the way. And you know, and it's also a thing because it looks so childlike. I uh-huh. think. I think you have to, I mean, not everyone has to do this, but for me, at least it was like, you know, I really, I kind of had to concentrate like, okay, there's something else going on here. That's, that's bigger than these drawings and stuff. Um, They are the perfect presentation for these ideas for sure. But it definitely, you know, took me kind of focusing on it. You know, it wasn't a book that I could just pick up and, you know, read a page or two here and move on. It was like, I had to just, you know, get into it. Um, the, there's a, um, yeah, there are genuinely some moments where I just laughed out loud, you know, mm-hmm. and there are also some panels because of how simply it's depicted. There are a couple panels that are really not intricate, like with, with, you know, I, they're not intricate with like the art, but intricate in the design where it, there's some like smart, artistic ideas going on, you know, in these, in certain panels. Um, and just the way that that artistic presentation moves the story along, even with these just simple little line drawings of these black and white creatures is awesome. Um, and there's like, specifically there's one character, which is just nothingness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it'll be like Johnny, uh, J- or Jomney, um, you know, standing out in like a field of stars and just talking to nothing. Um, and there'll be a, a, you know, there's like a two page spread. That's just all these little snowflakes falling. Uh, and you know, down in the corner is uh Jomney and this hedgehog that wants to be an artist. And then the, the dialogue on that page is if art is supposed to inspire then why does it make me feel like an empty room? 
Jesus. <laughs> wow. Yeah. No, wait, let me, okay, wait then. See, for me, knowing that it's like, I just looked at Amazon, it's about 305 pages. Is yep. What they're, they're that feels like it. I, uh, you get something that like that, that's that profound. Don't, I mean, don't you want to sit there and ponder that a little bit? Like, and then that is going to yeah. slow down considerably, like the, the, speed of the book i mean you can't just like go huh page, no it's huh, page it, huh, right page. it's not a page turner in that sense um but it is but it's also not disconnected panels that are each sort of a little profound statement i guess that's oh, the point okay. i'm trying to make was gotcha, that gotcha, you, gotcha. it's not the kind of thing where you pick it up and you just open it anywhere there okay. really is a, a story to it um even you know and there really is a there really is an arc to it really i mean that that's yeah that's the best word that just you know i hadn't thought of it before but that's really what it is is like you're on this little adventure with jomney and he's gonna get somewhere and so i think that's what um made me you know start turning the pages more and when i finally sat down and read the entire thing cover to cover it still wasn't really in one sitting um mm -hmm. it was just in one like you know Two and a half hour time period where i would okay. pick it up and i would you know i'd read a bunch and there were several panels i would just linger over i would go back you know stuff that made me laugh out loud and then i would put it down i would do some more laundry i would you know do something else and then i would come back and pick it up again and so it wasn't it's definitely not like a tale of sand like you don't yes reading sitting down and reading it all in one you know big sprint would would not impact you in the same way um but i just see it as like this is um you know, this is a thing for college students. It's not even like, I mean, like, yeah, it's a great gift for anybody, but just to say, Hey, we're going off, you know, if someone's going off to college that, you know, give them this book, they will identify with all this anxiety and depression and the loneliness wow. and like all the, all those feelings that this just alien has to confront. Um, and what's, you know, one of the things that's just amazing about it is he's confronting it with his like animal and plant friends. Mm -hmm. Um, and because the first panel is he meets a tree and he's like, hello, human, uh, human. And, you know, then he walks off and goes, I've met a human <laughs> and because that's, you know, that's what he thinks. And, mm -hmm. uh, and then there's like the tree tells him, like, he, he asks the tree, I think, what is a friend? And the tree tells him what the, you know, friend is. Um, and uh, you know, it just sort of proceeds like that. Like, what is a friend? What is art? Um, it's yeah it's it's really wonderful um and one of the things that uh, i've seen people doing online because it's just so black and white and big empty white pages on a lot of the layouts um i've seen people just do it making it into their own coloring book wow I think that is such a cool idea oh. and again like you were saying with tale of sand is like this is one i can i can sit down you know with my three-year-old nephew and and read panels to him and he will get it you know maybe not the ones about death and stuff but he'll he'll get it he'll think it's cute it's you know cute this this alien is interacting with the butterfly or a bee or something like that he'll recognize the butterfly and the bee they're just very you know simple drawings um but it's also something that like my mom would probably like you know it's just neat in that way of like you could just have this I, I don't know, just sit, this should just be in your house is what I'm saying. So it's like, and it's so, I don't know. It's just so perfect for the, uh, it is optimistic even in its, um, 
very naked existentialism. And that is such a good thing to get in this particular moment in history. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, These are all things I didn't, I didn't even write that down. I'm like trying to Jesus. come up with something eloquent um, to say about it. So yeah, I just, it's like a, a great moment for this book. Um, That's yeah. fantastic. Well, once again, the title and author for those listening. Okay. Everyone's uh, a Lieben when you're a uh, a Lieben too. <laughs> so it's, it's like alien with a B stuck before the N. I just started typing in Google. If you type in uh, everyone's an ALB, Google will autocomplete it for you. Yeah, and it's Jomni Sun. Um, But oh, I wanted to read you the uh, about the author because this blew my mind when I got to the end of it. I mean, not that you can't tell. I mean, obviously he's he's uh, very well educated and extremely clever and and smart and artistic as you're reading it. But um, his bio at the end just it's super impressive. Jonathan Sun is the author behind Johnny Sun. He is an architect, designer, engineer, artist, playwright, and comedy writer. Uh, his Jeez. work across multiple disciplines broadly addresses narratives of human experience. As a playwright, Jonathan has had his pieces performed at the Yale School of Drama and in Toronto at Hart House Theater and Factory Theater. As an artist and illustrator, he has had his art exhibited at MIT, Yale, New Haven Art Space, and the University of Toronto. <laughs> His what work has appeared on hell? his work has appeared on NPR and BuzzFeed as well as in Playboy, GQ, and McSweeney's. In his other life, he is a doctoral student at MIT and a Berkman Klein Fellow at Harvard. My face <laughs> is going to explode! Like I'm literally like I, I feel like I'm stuffing continuous giant pieces of gum into my cheeks while you're saying that. I'm just like, ah, how is good <laughs> God in heaven? Yeah. Okay, why? Well, okay, I, I'm I'm totally buying this, but my my last question to you is this. It, do you have it digitally, physically? Oh, it's you've got to get it physically. So as you far do. as I know, it is only available in hardcover. Um, but it's it yeah, it just looks so great. And if you're looking at Amazon, you've seen it. But the the hardcover is is the black um, sky, the stars, mm -hmm. um, and just the little Jomni sun in the corner, the alien, uh, alien. And yeah, it's just a it's just a really pretty book. And there's a cool thing like right when you open it up on the um the you know back of the cover page is the map of Erbeth. and then there's this what he calls the activity log um which is just like his journal and it's it's a um it's a conceit that does not go throughout the book it's only on the inside covers but some of it does correspond to the book like it's like day 1 i've been assigned to meet humans i'm nervous what is a human day 2 i have met my first human this human calls itself a tree this is fun. Um, and so you'll, you know, you'll end up finding out like it, those, those little diary entries actually correspond with pretty much how the book goes. Um, mm -hmm. But I just think you're not going to get that in any digital form. It's, and it's, mm -hmm. and it's so cool because it's like, I, you know, I'm going to take this home for Christmas. I'm going to show it to my family. I'm going to, uh, you know, let my niece and nephew color in it if they want to. And I'll just get another copy when I come back to California. So it's wow. like, yeah. I'll read you one more panel, which I think is just awesome. It's like almost the two pages are almost all black, just just totally black on the top. Uh, there's a little white, um, uh, you know, I guess horizon you could call like the floor at the bottom. Jomni's on one side. Uh, he his white body sort of goes up into the blackness. And then the other side is this pumpkin, a jack-o'-lantern, actually, that's like turned over and spilled. Um, and there's a ghost, <laughs> like a sheeted ghost looks like a pac-man ghost or something floating above it 
And uh, Jomni goes, oh no, a ghost, please don't haunt me. I don't want to be afraid. And the ghost says, um, I literally experienced the horrors of death. So maybe this isn't about you. <laughs> so it's, I mean, yeah, it's like super wonderful. Um, he he has a couple more pages with the ghost and it, it has maybe a surprise ending that you won't see coming. Um, and after that is when he he officially meets nothing and mm. <laughs> starts having conversations with nothing. It's yeah, uh, it's it's really good. Well, damn. So two two books you could buy for Christmas, your I, grandma yeah. or your little nephew and, and would both both of them would be valid or maybe yeah, we didn't even think of doing this as like a, a holiday gifting suggestions but the, i think both of these definitely are having seen your edition of tale uh tale of sand um i mean that is a beautiful edition of a comic book like you said just to have that on your shelf if you're a collector is yeah that's definitely the way to go yeah um, yeah and and uh everyone's the alien when you're a alien too is something you definitely want to pick up and you know, pass around during the holidays. Um, Absolutely. Well, on that note, uh, and just also if you're out there shopping, um, definitely go to Drawn and Quarterly. Uh, they had, right after Thanksgiving, a hell of a sale that you and I participated. Oh, my gosh. Um, just, I mean, it was like 40% off of almost everything. Yeah. And, and just, and and there was, uh, there had, I'm glad you sent that to me because there have been a lot of Drawn and Quarterly titles I've had my eye on, but I've just never... You know they're a little pricier sometimes, yeah. Um, and so you're always just like, man, I, I can only get one of those every once in a while, and then this just let me plow through, a, you know, four or five things I've, I've been thinking about. So I was, very, yeah, my very my cart at one point was uh, just looked ridiculous. Like I, I, I was just I was just going through their catalog and like add add. <laughs> yep, add. yep. And then I was like, okay, it's just a wish list, just a wish list. Let me put all this in the cart, and I'll just sort it out later. And and I'll tell you, there was this moment. So if that wasn't clear enough, Drawn and Corley had a, a like a Black Friday through Cyber Monday sale. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so it's it's past, but they may do something uh, again for for you know the Christmas holiday season. So definitely join their mailing list. Um, the so in the middle of my shopping, I had this realization where I went, "Oh, I get it. These aren't the super nice hardbound books. These are." the softbound like paper covers and that's why they're these great deals and i just had this like moment of disappointment um i was you know you know but it kind of made sense to me like oh that's why i'm getting these great prices so i just had that in my head i didn't ever go back and check per in particular i just mm -hmm. sort of made that up and got my shipment this week uh and they are these like just like all the drawn and quarterly books these gorgeous hardbound books yes yeah, yeah oh yeah and i like freaked out like when i opened this package like oh my god this looks so good um i don't know if you want to uh, i won't i won't spill uh everything i got because we may use them in upcoming episodes but i did get a Guy de Lille, um book i got jerusalem which you you had talked about pyongyang by Guy de Lille in one of our earlier coffee and comics episodes um and jerusalem again also opening that this week you know mo the moment in history to be opening this book about jerusalem Seriously. Um, and it is, you know, it is a, it is a thick, really well done book. Like I've just already kind of flipped through it and I'm like, oh my God, this is going to be so incredible to read. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to that one. Uh, and we will talk about everything else we picked up, uh, in later episodes, but, uh, until then, where can people find this podcast? 
We are on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Google Play Music, uh, and wherever else you find podcasts. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter and all those great places. Uh, find us there is the username. And, of course, findusthere.org. Todd. Thank, thank you, Taylor. Uh, it's been another great Coffee and Comics. I love these selections. And we will catch you next week for another episode. Bye-bye. Bye.